You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Welcome to episode 130 of the Self-Made Strategies podcast. On this episode, we sat down with Jared Curry, a 19-year-old who has started and scaled a seven-figure marketing company. Jared's going to be talking to us about all sorts of really cool things, how he got there, how he scaled his business, how he then decided to partner with one of his mentors to provide coaching services to those who also want to start and scale seven-figure businesses to where he's going next. On this episode, we're going to talk about all sorts of things like scaling your business, why self-education and online learning is important and the future for success, and everything about digital agencies, online business strategies, and the best practices for scaling your business. Here are the self-made strategies of Jared Curry. This episode of the Self-Made Strategies podcast is brought to you by CollegeCast LLC. At CollegeCast, we empower student voices by helping college students start their own podcast to take control of their own personal brand. Follow at CollegeCast Pods on any social media channel and stay tuned for some amazing podcasts. You can also check out www.collegecastpodcasts.com. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. So you're 19 years old and you've started a seven-figure business. Take us back, man. How did that happen? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> first off, it wasn't an overnight success like everyone else thinks. Of it course, is. It right. Took, of course. It took, what, almost almost four years, right? So um, I started the business in my junior year of high school with my good friend, um, Suyash. And we found this person, this guy named Billy Wilson. We didn't know who he was. We just knew that he was a college dropout. Um, making now over 100k plus a year, six-figure salary, more money than he would have made if he would have stayed in college and pursued the career that he was going to go through. And he was teaching us how to start a social media marketing agency. Now, at the time, I was a junior in high school. I had just read the book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and yeah. um, he was taught, and, and it really opened my eyes. Right, and once my once my my eyes, you know, my my vision expanded a little bit more. Um, I realized that I had the permission now because this was my life. I had the permission to go out and pursue what I always knew I was destined to do. And that was just to do great things and to, you know, not live the typical nine to five life um, that everyone else kind of, you know, settles for. I don't even say strive. I think they, a lot of people settle for that. And I wanted to go out and do the impossible. And um, I pursued that first 12 months. Absolutely horrible. Didn't make really any money. Um, I don't know what I don't know why I didn't give up, to be honest with you. Cause like it was just I had no six. I think I had to lie to myself a few times. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I told myself there was a voice in my head that just said, keep going, keep going. And eventually, 12 months after I bought the program, we hit the six-figure run rate. So 8,333 wow. a month. We got up to about fourteen thousand dollars a month in month in MRR and then uh Q what was it? It was well COVID hit, right? Um right. and we were in the fitness space. We were doing marketing for fitness uh companies and um agency just flopped in like a few days. We went from 15k basically to zero. Uh all of our wow. clients paused. It was not a good time. How did you deal with that? Yeah, I I for, I'll be honest with you, Tony. For the first month, 
I literally sat on my couch doing nothing. And my parents had COVID at the time. My entire family oh, had COVID man. besides me. Wow. Wow. So I was sitting on the couch. Basically, they were all quarantined. I was like, what is going on? My business was in the dumps. I was a senior in high school. So I'm like, oh, I'm still, I still have schoolwork to do. I was filling all my classes. I didn't know what I was going to do after school, uh, like end, end it because like I'm not going to college and my business isn't doing well. What am I going to do? I just, I just sat for a while. And then eventually um, I said, I can't do this. I have to figure something out. So I was just trying all these different things. I was going to start this new coaching program. And then mm-hmm. eventually we just pivoted into a brand new niche and you know, in less than nine months, we went from zero and a brand new niche to a hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Uh, wow. So we hit the seven figure run, this run, is, run rate. This is uh, the coaching just, business or the marketing business? This was the marketing business. Yeah. Okay. Right. Scope yeah. marketing. Scope marketing. Yep. This was my agency. And yeah, man, that's, that's how I got, got here. Amazing. Amazing. So that's what, the short version, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot more twists and turns. It always goes that way, but so what, what eventually caused you to decide to shift into your agency elite coaching um, to help others basically to learn to, to scale up their own businesses similar to what you do, did with Scope Marketing? And we'll come back to that, by the way. I do want to hear your strategy for scaling and how you got to that. But what eventually caused you to decide, hey, you know what? I'm making six figures off of my marketing biz, but I'm going to go do something else. Um. Well, first off, my my goal was just to automate that agency, right? I, I'm a big believer in passive income and having money work for me. And that's how I view an agency. I view it like a piece of real estate. That's how I view agencies. So um, I view that as like 100K. I could have my team. I, we have 20 plus team members on our team. Um, and our team is managing the agency. They're, they're better than I am. They are better than I am at managing the agency. So they're running everything. And I said, what do I need to do now? I, I hit 100K. What else do I want to do now? Of course, you could go 250K, 500K. Right. That's not fulfilling. I wanted something harder. Because right. once you get to 100K, it, momentum just keeps going. And it's I've, it's a lot easier to get to 250K once you're already at 100K So mm-hmm. than it is to get from 0 to 10K, right? So um, I wanted a challenge. And I partnered with Billy Wilson, the person who taught me, and I partnered with him to teach other agencies the same strategies that I used to scale my agency. Amazing. Amazing. So what were those strategies? Let's talk a little bit about that. So first of all, I mean, I'm still blown away that you're 19 years old and you're talking about some of the things that you're talking about. MRR, by the way, is monthly recurring revenue, right? That Just for anyone who doesn't know what MRR is. So basically what you're talking about is the average monthly revenue that you had coming in. Um, so how did you scale at your age? I mean, not to, not to downplay or to be ageist, but I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening to this are thinking to themselves as well, man, at 19, he's doing that. Where did I go wrong? I was playing, uh, well, let's see at 19. What was I doing? I guess I had just finished. I was an auto mechanic an auto technician for a good bit. I had gotten a scholarship to get some training and, um, for a long story for some other day, for various reasons, I decided that that was not the career path that was that was going to meet what I felt inside were very ambitious goals. So I d- decided to go to university, to go to undergrad, and basically started over at 19, g- going into undergrad a little bit later than my peers, but everything worked out okay, I guess, in the end, right? At least thus far. So what, you know, how did you scale, first of all? And then it, I want to go back and dig into the story a little bit about, you know, 
at 19, you're pulling this off. That's pretty incredible. So let's start with the scaling though. So how did you scale? What are the the tips, the practices? Feel free to get as detailed as you want for the listeners because if you're listening to this, I'm sure that's what's running through people's minds right now is how did he do this? I, I want to do this too. First off, um, it's been a journey, right? Um, yeah. And I want to say this. Let me tell a quick little story, Tony, for everyone out there sure, listening. Sure, sure. Because I feel like stories is the best way to get get the point across. And there's this man. He's walking down a hole, right? And he falls into the hole. He's in New York. He falls into a hole. The streets are horrible there. So um, I'm from Jersey. So there's a little competition there. But <laughs> I'm in Philly, so I'm with you. <laughs> so he falls into the hole. Um, and then some guy walks along. He says, and the guy in the hole shouts up, hey, you, I'm down in the hole. Can you help me out? The guy says, doesn't say anything. He moves on. Doctor comes along, and then the guy in the hole shouts up, hey, doc, I'm down in the hole. Can you help me out? Doctor writes out a prescription and throws it down the hole, moves on. What is the prescription going to do? The guy's in the hole. Priest comes along, right? Next thing, priest comes along, and the guy in the hole shouts up, father, I'm down in the hole. Can you help me out? The priest writes out a a prayer, and he throws it down the hole and moves on. Then a friend comes along. His name's Joe. And the guy in the hole shouts up, hey, Joe, it's me. I'm down in the hole. Can you help me out? Joe jumps into the hole. And our guy in the hole says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. Joe says, yeah, but I've been down here before. And I know the way out. For everyone listening right now, I know the way out. And I'm going to be sharing the same exact strategies that I use to go from literally living in my parents' house, which I still do save some rent money, but now I can at least afford to pay them rent. I don't blame you. I'd go back and do it myself as well. <laughs> how, how I went from like like a thousand bucks in my bank account, barely being able to afford Billy Wilson's course to literally buying my dream car, BMW convertible yesterday. Nice. Um, Congrats, thank, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Hey, everyone, this is Tony Lopes of the Self-Made Strategies Podcast. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. If you haven't done so already, go subscribe to this podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts or wherever you're watching the video version of this podcast. Or if you're watching the video version of this podcast on our YouTube channel, make sure to hit subscribe to that. We also appreciate any likes, shares, or thumbs up that you're willing to give our episodes, our posts on Instagram, or on your favorite podcast listening app. Thank you so much for listening. You can look forward to hearing self-made strategies every Thursday, wherever you enjoy podcasts. And the way I was able to do that was simply keeping momentum and focusing. You know, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, they knew each other as kids. And a lot of people don't know that. And they, they, say, they said that the most important thing that they needed to do to succeed was to focus, right? And that's the most important trait that people need. So what do I focus on when I'm starting or scaling a business? Simple. It's a simple formula, especially if you own a marketing agency out there. If you're listening right now and you own a marketing agency, there's only one thing that you need to do. I guess two things. You need to get appointments with business owners in your niche. And this is for any business. You can apply this to any business. Get appointments with businesses in your niche and close them. That's it. A lot of times as business owners, we like to do busy work. We like to go ahead and we like to customize our website. We like to focus on our Google My Business profile. We like to focus on our Instagram page. And when we, when we don't even have money to really uh, 
make sure we get a ton of engagement. So there's really no point in doing any of that. And we focus on all the things that don't matter, right? And it, I find it so funny because people are like, ah, oh, I'm doing all these things, but the business isn't growing. Well, duh, you're not doing what you need to do to acquire more customers. And customer acquisition is the only thing that you should be focused on. Greg Cardone says that all of his companies, it doesn't matter what company it is, it's, it's just a sales organization. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 100%. That's true. I mean, any company, it's really you provide a business or service or product or whatever it is, widget, and there's a customer out there. That's your target, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. And at the end of the day, you're, we can call it whatever you want, but it's really sales, right? Uh -huh. The engagement and the relationship between you and your client is, is some form of a sales relationship. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's let's just take a quick quick sidestep, yeah. real quick. So how about we work through an example, right? And it can be your own example. We can go with a, a marketing agency. Who is, let's say, one of your target clients, and how do you get your appointments with them? And then how does that lead to your close? Walk us through uh, a hypothetical scenario of that, if you don't mind. Yeah, and, and there's such a bad stigma stigma around sales, but sales is yeah. the equivalent of providing value to people. So the whole right. thing is we're, we work with e-com brands. So we're just providing value to them. So we find e-com brands and we say, hey, we can get you XYZ return on ad spend. And with that return on ad spend, it's basically guaranteed. Number one, we guarantee the results. So you're getting a guaranteed return on ad spend and you pay us XYZ amount of money and we'll get that return on ad spend for you. So you're doing upfront, you're doing commission, you're doing flat up front fee, plus commission. Upfront, upfront plus commission. Okay. So what's, what's the minimum ad spend you need from a client and what's the minimum, let's say all in investment you're looking for from a client, roughly yeah. ballpark. It's about $1,800 uh, for the ad spend, uh, $60 a day. And then our service fees are $29.97 a month. Plus gotcha. we take 10%. Okay. Cool. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, so what we would go out and do, we would just run that offer. We had an irresistible offer that people could not resist. You would do it online or you would, yeah, we would literally run, we cold call or, or we, okay. So you're run, running online. We run ads. ads. Okay, we call cool. people that we yep. had their phone numbers to. We send loons. We did whatever we could to get appointments with people. That's the first, that's the biggest hurdle that you need to do. Just get an appointment with someone. Once you give them the guarantee, they should be sold as long as they trust you. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that now you're hitting the nail on the head. That's actually what leads to those appointments and those quicker closes and higher percentage of closes, right? Which is that how do you generate trust? So what's your, and I hesitate to say strategy because strategy implies that there's some sneaky game plan that we use with every single person that comes across our radar, which is not true, right? Each, each interaction is really unique. And I think there's an interesting thing that Gary Vee, for example, talks about a lot, which is the more you do things without expectation and mm -hmm. the more you do things without this pressure to reach an outcome or to achieve an outcome, the more things seem to flow in your direction, right? It's like a little bit of yin and yang, a little bit of putting something out there and then kind of just letting it flow and then counteracting or reacting to that and then letting it flow again. It's kind of like feathering a throttle when we're when we're driving a, a manual transmission, which m many of the people listening may may not know know how to do or may not remember manual transmissions as they're slowly kind of being weeded out. But um, okay, so you've got your customers, you've reached out to them. How are you developing that trust, especially in an online environment? I think that's a unique uh, perspective that a lot of people may not know how to do well. Number one, you just have to be a good person. 
I mean, that's that's the most important thing. But then number two, um, if you want to, I don't, I don't like calling them strategies either, but things that you can do right. is practice what you preach, right? So we there's so many marketing agencies out there that do not run ads for their own business, but they're trying to sell other businesses on running, uh, running that's ads. That's true, yeah. There's well, that's, incong- that's a good incongruent. one. Yeah, that's a good one because I, I remember... I don't remember what the ad agency was, nor would I call anybody out on the podcast. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But I remember there was an ad agency that sent me some semi, semi-lukewarm semi email, right? Maybe somebody I met at a networking event or something when we used to do, do those things. But uh, they sent me an email, oh, we can help your business by marketing. And I, you know, at the bottom just happened to click on their website to check out their website and the page was under construction. Mm. You can't do that if you're a marketing agency, right? You have to make sure that at a minimum, your landing page is, even if it's just something that looks somewhat nice that you put together on Squarespace that looks professional, but basically just says, email this for inquiries would have been better than a you know 404 broken link or whatever it was. And, um, and I just thought to myself, and then I happened to, to drill down on their socials and same thing, you know, they had like a couple hundred followers or whatever like that. And um, not really seeing any like marketing copy on their thing. And what they were advertising was online social media content marketing mm. strategies for your yeah. business. And you're right. I mean, you got to practice what you preach. Your stuff has to be clean and has to have the following that you're going to essentially profess to your clients, right? hundred percent. I mean, perfect example. Like we spend more in our own internal marketing, we spend about ten dollars to $15,000 a month on ads for our own agency to acquire more customers. So we spend more than a lot of agencies even manage in total ad spend across all their clients' accounts. So that's just a yeah. p- one example right there of what we do to build trust. And honestly, the best example, because that's how we acquire our customers. And they trust us at that, at that point, because at, at the end of the day, we can just say, oh, you want to know if our ads work? Well, you're on the call with us now, aren't you? <laughs> that's a good one so all right so you've got you got the trust element what else are you doing to generate that client relationship and get them to the close 100 percent. number one is social proof um if anyone wanted to go to goat g-o-a-t dot scope 16.com it's just an example so you can see what i'm talking about slash testimonials right you would see a wall of testimonials like it, it, it's so many it, it's so many that it actually uh, this page loads slowly because there's so many testimonials and we put a warning on the top to, to warn people about that. This is what happens when you get your results, right? So <laughs> um, that's a big thing right there. What are other people saying? You know, your name is worth more than all the silver and gold in the world. Yeah, right. So what are people saying about you? And that's pretty that's much point. it. I think it's, a, point. you know, it's a, I don't want to overcomplicate it because it's a simple formula for us. Well, I, I think you're right. I mean, that's another thing that business owners, generally speaking, really don't think about or invest the right amount of time in. And that is, you got to go out and get Google reviews. You got to go out and try to get reviews in your space. By the way, if you're listening to this, go drop a review on the podcast real quick. Five-star review there will help big time and hit that subscribe button. Um, but you're right. You need to generate that kind of digital clout, which increases your air quotes, trust score may not even be called that anymore. But basically, that's how you develop capital, trust capital on a lot of these sites, Yelp reviews, you'd be surprised how much, you know, getting yourself 20 Yelp reviews for your business, how much that can generate in traffic to your website, or to your whatever project you're working on, right? So incredible. Now you consider yourself 
uh, lifelong learner, and you've obviously spent a lot of time on self-education. You talked about that. You you showed us the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You talked about Grant Cardone, of course, very all very famous in the self-help space and self-education, self-growth space. How has self-education and online learning, how have you incorporated that into your everyday life to make, make sure that you're maintaining that level of growth and ambition that you're looking for? 100%. That's a great question. Something that I've honestly struggled with as I've gotten busier, as more success has come my way, is being disciplined to continue to, to do that. I'll be extremely vulnerable and honest. I'm not going to lie to you. So the thing that I'm focusing on right now is just if, if I don't want to do it, that means I'm going to have to do double of what I intended on doing in the first place. So if I didn't want to read a book today and I, like, ah, I don't want to do it, I'm going to do, do instead of one chapter, I'm going to do two chapters um, because I'm going to build, I'm going to continue with the momentum. Momentum is, I, I love the, the phrase moment. It's so, so important. So just even if you're just doing a little bit every day, you know, some days I, I'll be honest, some days I don't feel like doing anything. And I know this kind of contradicts what I just said previously, but I don't feel like doing anything. So what I'll go ahead and do rather than reading a whole chapter now, I'll read half a chapter and then I'll do another half later on. And I just do little bite-sized chunks. Instead of listening to music, I'm listening to podcasts And when I'm driving. Right. Um, right. When I'm cleaning my room uh, and, or just cleaning up, I listen to podcasts and educational things. So I do. I also do it in, in times when um, I'm also kind of multitasking physically, uh, but I could still listen to stuff, right? I'm big on listening to things. Yeah, that's smart. I, I do that a lot too. I mean... I uh, I would love to literally sit down and read more, but unfortunately, sometimes the time just isn't there, right? Or or the mental capacity, you know, that that sometimes will put some people to sleep. And what I found is, when you're going for to do some exercise, or when you're washing the dishes, when you're cooking, whatever it is that you're doing that you don't need to be a hundred percent actively focused on, throw on a podcast, throw on an audio book. I mean, I I think last year. Now it was during the pandemic, of course, but I think last year I I did over over eighty audiobooks um, throughout the course of the year, and that's you know you'll really soak up some serious information. You'll be at a completely different plate place at the end if you do that amount of legwork, right? And you just you learn so much more by doing that. And listen, I, I think an important thing that you talked about just now in passing was we're all human beings. We we live in this sort of sine wave cyclical energetic state right where sometimes you're not gonna it's not gonna be a hundred percent of the time that you're gonna be like go 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 learn 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 information 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 you got to sit back and let it marinate and anyways right so there are ebbs and flows in a human being's energetic state and you need to be self-aware enough to say you know what today i'm not feeling like reading a book i'm gonna listen to a podcast or today I, I don't feel like doing any of that. I'm going to listen to some music, yep. whatever it is, you know, you need to take a step back and kind of let it soak in. And then you can certainly go back and, and, um, and, and go back to that and pick up where you left off. A lot of times, one of the strategies that I found that works as well is, and this works for me, it's not going to work for everybody. That's another thing. You got to find what works for you. But one of the things that's really worked for me is I'll sometimes have, three to five different audiobooks that I'm listening to, not literally at the same time, but maybe each day I will listen to, like you said, a chapter from each book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's enough 
retention in your memory that you can pick back up if you're only leaving a few day gap uh, and get through some of that material. So things will change, you know, based on my moods, based on whatever projects we're working on, et cetera. Those things change. Yeah. And, and one, one other thing I'm going to say, Tony, for everyone out there listening, this, what, this, this is so important. The pain of change. If you want to achieve something in life, if you have massive aspirations, big goals, big dreams, the pain of staying the same must be greater than the pain of change if you want to achieve what you are desiring to achieve. Man, I got to say, at 19 years old, you're crushing it. Can't wait to see what you're doing in a decade, man. That's crazy. So let's get back to that. You're 19 years old. How, you know, how do you maintain this and what are the next steps for you? You know, how did you get into this in the first place? I know you touched on this in the beginning a little bit, but let's hear a little bit more of that longer story because a lot of people your age are not, and again, I'm not being ageist at all. I admire this in you. This is, this is to me anyways, a compliment to you. Uh, most people your age are not doing that. They're 100%. worried about social media. They're worried about hanging with their friends. They're worried about playing video games. You no, know, um, and that's, fi- maybe that's fine for them too. Like, yeah, live, 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 of course, live of course, life. by the way, not, not passing judgment on anyone, but you know, I, I just want to know what for you has sparked this at your age and how, what, what's next, what's yeah. next for you. So my grandfather had a, I never met him, but, um, he had a third grade education. Uh, my great grandfather was a sharecropper. Um, then the great, great grandfather before that was slick. So my dad was wow. the first one to go to college in his family. Wow. Um, and um, my grandfather worked, uh, he was a janitor to put my dad through college. Um, and I always saw how hard my, my dad owns businesses now as well. Uh, so that entrepreneurship kind of spirit came from him, I guess that you could say. And he always told me, don't work for anyone. Don't work for him. He always said that. And it's funny, I'm the only sibling um, not going to brag, but I'm, I have three other siblings. I'm the only one that took his advice, but um, that's been game changing for me. Yeah. And I've seen how hard he's worked and it's not, it hasn't been for himself. It's been to build a legacy and to build generational wealth. And, you know, that's a big part of what, why I do what I'm, I do now because I feel as though I have a responsibility to pay it back to my kids. Amazing. Amazing. That's why really, really incredible. All right. So what's next for you now, now that you've you're, I know you're in the mix of this agency where you're providing coaching and we'll, we'll drop links to everything, by the way, you, you want us to drop the go.billywilson.com forward slash elite link in the show notes for you, right? Yeah, that'll be great. Great. Perfect. We'll drop, we'll drop links to that. We'll drop links to, uh, scope marketing as well. Of course, you're still doing scope marketing. Yeah, I still own the company, but I'm not. I'm I'm actually signed out of our Slack channel. I've emotionally disconnected from the company. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, so, are are you completely out of scope? Are you selling your interest? What are you thinking the next steps are for you? No, it's just passive income at this point, and just uh, okay. we might ex- I might exit at some point, but as of now, I'll keep it. Um, cool. And right now, the biggest thing is the coaching program. Right. Awesome. So what, what's next with that? What can people expect if they sign up for coaching? And what's, what's on the big picture? What's on the horizon? What are the things you aspire to do in the next several years? A hundred percent. So first off with the coaching, I mean, 
you can expect this. Our, our guarantee is six new clients. If you have a marketing agency or you want to start a marketing agency where you can work online from anywhere in the world and really just be a digital nomad, uh, we'll actually guarantee you six new clients. We'll teach you how to start and scale a marketing agency. Um, and you'll be working with me one-on-one. You'll be working with Billy Wilson. Um, and it's an amazing program with an amazing community, right? So that's my little spiel. But uh, for me, the next few years, um, I'm, I'm going to be big on wealth preservation okay. and wealth yep. building, mm-hmm. mostly wealth building, I guess I, sh- I should say. And, now, are you uh, looking at crypto? Or are you looking at more traditional investment? What are you thinking? And by the way, if you're listening to this, this is not investment advice. We're just not. chatting. <laughs> do your own research. Please do. Um, I, I'm big in precious metals, right? I have so okay. uh, inflation's going up. Look, they printed, what was it? 30% of the money supply last year alone in 2020. That's insane. Um, it's been something I've always, as soon as I read the book, Rich Dad Pillar, that I started studying this um, and inflation's going up and that's my prediction. And with that being said, I've been buying precious metals for the past three years now because okay. I knew eventually okay. this would be happening. Um, and they're printing more money too, which is ridiculous. So I understand why they're doing it, but it's going to hurt us in the long run, in my opinion. But I'm buying precious metals. I'm buying crypto. So I'm buying things that will hedge against inflation, right? So Bitcoin, it did extremely well in Venezuela when they had their currency crisis. Uh, so I, I suspect it's going to do pretty well here. Precious metals did pretty well there as well. So I always have a little precious metals. I'm going to be buying more, buying more crypto. And uh, I'm hopefully going to be putting my debt, my first down payment on a piece of real estate next week, actually. Nice. Uh, in Miami. Awesome. So uh, wow. definitely doing some real estate stuff as well. So those are the three vehicles that I'm going to be leveraging um, as of now. Very cool. What about, are you thinking about university or no? What's, where, what's your stance on that? Because it's always interesting to see where people think because as the cost of education continues to rise for people in your age group, obviously that presents a, a, an interesting dilemma. Do I yeah. want to spend over a hundred grand, over six figures on an education that may or may not get me the outcomes to pay off this debt, or do I want to strictly focus on entrepreneurialism and go down that path? Or what do you, what's your thought on that? Yeah. So I think it's a personal decision and depends on what you want to do in life. A lot of kids don't know what they want to do in life. And they're, they're making these massive, massive commitments just because everyone else is telling them to do that. But maybe that's not what they should be doing because that's maybe not what they want to do. And that's what I was saying earlier in the beginning. A lot of people settle. And they settle because they get put into the rat race and they get trapped. Once you're in there, you are trapped. It's hard to get out of there. Financially, emotionally, it's hard to get out of that situation, right? So um, for me, I'm not going to school. I do love education, though. Education is not the feeling of the pill, but the lighting of the fire. It's so true. I think Gandhi said that. And I will always pursue education. I'm going to Miami next week. I spent $5,000 to learn from Jeff Seckinger about crypto and about a bunch of other stuff. So I'm constantly investing myself. I probably invested more money into self-education than I would have if I did go to college. But with that being said, it made me a much higher return on investment, number one. Uh, number two, if someone put $100,000 into starting a business, you right. trust me, yeah. you, you, yeah. you won't need a college degree if, you actually, if that's what you actually want to do. So right. um, that's my stance on it. <laughs> no, look, I don't disagree with you. I mean, having kind of gone the traditional route myself to maybe try to attain a different lifestyle. And, and there are many positives to it. But looking at the back end and the debt, I, I agree with you. I mean, I talk to students all the time and say to them, 
you know, look, you really got to make sure that this is the right decision for you and that you're going into it eyes wide open. Yeah. Because if your consideration is I'm going to go to university or I'm going to go to university and then go to grad school, which honestly, with the pressure on today's student, a lot of them are feeling the pressure to go to a graduate program. Wow. And uh, that poses a really difficult scenario because now you're tripling down or quadrupling down on your debt because grad school is so much more expensive, right? Um, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, but I admire that. And, and, and you know, we have to ask, the government's biggest asset, people don't understand this, but the government's biggest asset on, on their balance sheet right now is student loan debt. Yeah. And they're, a lot of times they're charging you around six or seven percent. Yeah, how big of a scam is that? Who? What other? What other lending company or bank is yep. going to give right. a kid, an eighteen-year-old kid, yep, a hundred thousand dollars? Yep, carte blanche. And, and basically. By the, by the way, you cannot default on this. This is debt. No, you yeah. can't default. You yeah. are locked yeah. in for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I'm just there's a lot that you have to look at. And like I said. If this is what if you want to be a doctor and you have to go to school because you want that, do it. That is right for you. If you don't know what you want to do, I don't know. I would figure that yeah, out first. I, I yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. And again, I think you're very astute for your age, but um, but I'm in agreement with you. I think that if you don't know what you want to do, school sometimes school sometimes can help. But school sometimes is not the right answer, especially if you're going to a big name, expensive, big ticket school, because that's a lot of money that you're going to have to pay back. And as you said, you're not escaping it. So yeah, yeah 100%. amazing. Awesome. So Jared, if people want to reach out to you, they want to meet you, they want to get more information from you, or they just want to follow you, where should we look? Yeah, I'm just a normal person. Go ahead, reach out to me on Instagram at official Jared, J-A-R-E-D. Curry, C-U-R-R-Y. Love to connect. Love to have a conversation. Um, maybe I can answer some questions. Um, and then you can also click the link down below and uh, feel free to book an appointment with our team if you're interested in our coaching program. Definitely. Awesome. Jared, thanks so much, man. This was a great conversation. Really interesting. Love what you're doing. We'll keep an eye on that. I'm going to go follow you right now myself. Thank you, Tony. And uh, it was a pleasure speaking to your audience. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>